The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Master Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Nice Radio. Something that's bubbling up inside your head you want to uh, get rid of today. Tell us all about it. Call, text, email or WhatsApp. Next Tuesday, big day, it's budget day. We'll get all the facts and the figures on Tuesday. And what shakes down after that? Well, we'll see. Certainly the gas price is coming down. The Communications and Regulatory Authority has now finished a review of tariffs, which started in January. So from the 1st of March, a unit price of gas is going to come down from 16.7p per unit to 13.98p per unit. And that's going to stay where it is till December. There will be an interim review carried out in June. Of course, electricity is going up, or so says the Chief Minister. Uh, so that's coming our way. Uh, um, whatever else is shaking... I suppose everybody's now getting over those Christmas credit card bills. Are you? Well... Uh, in Ramsey, the courthouse building has been the source of speculation for many years. Now a newly registered charity is leasing the building from the commissioners to establish a community centre for the whole town, presumably the north, to enjoy as well. Uh, if you're uh, involved in that or if you've looked uh, at the um, uh, courthouse in Ramsey from afar and wonder what it's all about, then uh, get by all means get in touch. Health Minister's hopeful that services at Nobles Hospital and other medical centres will improve over the the coming year, Laurie Hooper says the new targets are being put before, uh, put before next month's sitting of Timwald are ambitious but achievable. Now, Mr. Hooper, of course, has just got one department to run rather than the two he had hitherto. Uh, also, uh, I got, we got a, a note in from Stephen who just said he was at a committee meeting in Moroun earlier this week. Um, uh, the reason was that uh, mums and dads have got deep concerns about a new curriculum coming to the Isle of Man schools. Uh, what is uh, what has been getting taught uh, to year seven and eight students at QE2 in Peel? And this is a new sex education uh, uh, curriculum that's now going to be or is heading towards uh, being taught. It's called the RSE. And uh, it is, uh, to be quite honest, fairly graphic. Uh, RSE is... Uh, it, it's been reported to the Board of Education, QE2 High School, and uh, Stevens personally reported the information that he listened to last night and uh, what he calls the vile RSE uh, to Balakamine High School as well. Uh, they confirm they're going to be putting into the school from September of this year. Uh, Stevens says he's going to be taking his children out of the school system as he considers this uh, this new sex education, or PHSE, they call it, don't they, uh, now. Uh, basically, he says, akin to uh, grooming children. He sent a copy of the RSE. If uh, if you were at that meeting in Moran and you, you got something to say about it, uh, I'm not going to go into specifics about it. We'll be looking at it in detail uh, from our news team. We're trying to get to um, uh, the bottom of the subject, uh, but uh, it is it is year seven and 
eight, which is what 11, 12, 13 year olds uh, will be getting this. And uh, just a general point, I just wonder what your thoughts are, particularly if you're a parent or a guardian, uh, what you think about at what point, at what age sex education should be given to our children on the Isle of Man. Is it equipping them for the future or is it perhaps sexualizing young children? And, and bearing in mind the issues that we've had recently, uh, that certainly the police have brought up about um, uh, blackmail, uh, pornographic blackmail for young women, uh, where it all stands. Anyway, uh, your thoughts by all means. We've had much talk about bats and wind farms on the Isle of Man, and the Bat Group have issued um, a, uh, an information leaflet on it. Bats and wind farms on the Isle of Man. And um, They say, following the announcement on the 15th of February, the Manx Utilities has received Council of Ministers' approval for its plan to commence construction projects to produce electricity from onshore wind and solar energy. Questions have been raised about the potential impact on bats and other wildlife. Now, the Manx Bat Group assumes that the Manx government as a participant in the Euro Bats Agreement. Did you know there was one? There is. The Euro Bats Agreement will ensure that the relevant protocols will be followed in the design and site selection process, including allowing adequate time for bat surveys to be undertaken as part of the ecological impact assessment process. The ecological impact assessment uh, should be carried out by professional ecologists before deciding on the siting of offshore and onshore wind turbines and wind farms, large or small. The results should inform decisions on location as well as positioning of individual turbines within the selected sites. Where impacts are predicted, avoidance, mitigation measures and monitoring should be secured through robust planning conditions. Direct impacts of wind farms can include collision and bat trauma, damage to tissues from air pressure changes around turbines. Indirect impacts include habitat loss, roosts, commuting routes and foraging areas and fragmentation. So uh, we'd wait to hear from that. The uh, Manx Bat Group, uh, uh, we have uh, a long and proud tradition of looking after and fostering bats on the Isle of Man, as of course the Isle of Man is very important to twitchers worldwide. We are a stop-off for migratory birds and what's going going to happen with the wind farms. Perhaps we could be a world leader in mitigating uh, harm to bats and birds with wind turbines. We'll look forward to that. So, um, Mr. Hooper, um, never out of the news currently. He was uh, Minister of Two Departments. Uh, and now that Mr. Johnson's gone into enterprise, Laurie Hooper is back uh, solus with DHSC. But he's hopeful that services at Nobles will improve over the coming years. New targets? Achievable? Ambitious? The proposal by the DHSC would see 95% of patients attending A&E being treated or transferred within four hours. Urgent major referrals dealt within two weeks. So A&E treated and transferred within four hours, bearing in mind the anecdotal evidence we've had that uh, 
Well, he says ambitious but achievable. If you were to ask me, will all those targets be achieved this year? I think the answer to that would be no. Will all those targets be achievable? I think yes is the answer to that. It's just a question of how we get there and the journey. So the purpose of the mandate is to set out what we think the standard should be at. Uh, the second question then is just touching on what we just talked about. It's about looking at pathways, looking at the work we do to see what needs to change in order that we can hit those targets. Uh, for the most part, I think these targets are already being reported on regularly by Manx Care. So if you look at their board papers, which are published multiple times a year, they have something called an integrated performance report that's already published. The department will be publishing updates on these targets and uh, how how well or not Max Care are achieving them. That will be being done regularly on the department's website as well. So we're trying to be as open as we can about these things uh, because sometimes we may not see a trend, but somebody else might. So having this information out there publicly, I think, is quite useful. So yes, I, I am confident that uh, that we are making progress in these areas. I, I would like to I would like to be in a position to say yes, they'll all be sorted. In the next 12 months, but I think the reality is the transformation program and what we need to do in health, it's a long journey and we are making progress and that's the key thing for me is to look at. What are the obvious barriers facing you right now? The obvious ones are the same ones they've always been. I think partly it's finances, um, it's a, an ageing population, it's things, medical treatments getting more expensive in and of themselves, so there's a lot of pressure there financially. There's also a lot of demand for new services, new drugs, enhanced services, all that comes with a cost and staffing is always going to be a challenge and not, not necessarily medical staffing but particularly uh, nurses and support services and allied health professionals, there is a lot of pressure there on, on actually being able to recruit enough people to fulfil what I think are our ambitions in terms of delivering healthcare. You mentioned finances. Will you have a clearer view after next week's budget? Will there be enough money? So we will have a much clearer view. I think after next week's uh, budget is announced, uh, will there be enough money? I think is uh, that is the, in our case, $280 million question. I, I suspect the answer to that will always be no. We could always do with more, uh, but it always comes down to speed. So if you want to do things quick it will cost us more inevitably whereas if we can time things better if we can do things in sequence if we can uh, take a little bit longer sometimes maybe the answer is yes we will have enough money for that but it will all come down to I think the pressures that we see incidents that happen during the year and of course if we see things that are totally unexpected like the coronavirus pandemic things like that completely blow anything to do with healthcare out of the water there he is uh, Laurie Hooper so four hours sounds ambitious uh, ambitious he says it's achievable Uh, are they making a rod for their own back Obviously, that that will four hours will be quoted back at Manx Care. It will be quoted back at uh, Mr. Hooper in the future. So I, I just wonder if uh, you've any experience of this. And certainly, people have been mentioning far more than four hours uh, to get through A and E uh, in recent times. Um, what do you think about that? Text, email, call WhatsApp, text 166177, email studio at manxradio.com, call 661368, uh, WhatsApp is 166177 uh, as well. Uh, by the way, uh, a message in from Val who says, uh, Are there, I heard the COVID-19 booster program is closing. Anywhere today? Uh, actually, uh, nowhere today. No, there isn't. Uh, Friday the 17th. The next time there's going to be... In fact, I think it's next week, uh, Tuesday 21st, uh, the Wellbeing Centre in Peel, 10 till 1. Wednesday 22nd, Ramsey and District Cottage Hospital, 10 till 1. Thursday 23rd, Castletown Civic Centre, 10 till 1. And Friday 24th, Chester Street Vaccination Hub from 10 till 1. So the COVID-19 booster programme comes to an end on the 24th of February, a week today, four sessions 
Tuesday, Peel, Wednesday, Ramsey, Thursday, Castletown, and Friday in Douglas. Uh, thank you for that, Val. Hope it helps. And Wilf's with us now. Hi, Wilf. Hi. Uh, it's just a very, very quick one, but I've never seemed to be able to get an answer to it. Why have we got uh, a good doctor in charge of finances and we have a trained accountant in charge of health? Maybe that, that's politics, isn't it, Wilf? I don't know what it is. I don't know what they would call it. Stupidity, I would call it, but then that's only me. Well, I think the thinking... I don't want to speak for Mr Cannon, uh, but I think the thinking behind it is if you put somebody with vested interests or kind of, you know, skills in one area in charge of that area, they may plough their own furrow. They may do... You know, they may follow their own agenda. So if you put somebody who is, you know, bright and intelligent in one area, normally you can bring a fresh pair of eyes to another area. But I'm only surmising. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't go with that one. That's like somebody going, John, uh, getting called up for the army, and I'm asking, like, what are you? What were you doing before you went down? Oh, I was a mechanic. All right, well, we put you in the woodyard then. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. I mean, the, the 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 doctor is a good doctor, and the accountant is a good accountant, and they know their business, and that's what they should be doing. They should switch jobs. Um, I got a I message, you know, the other day, uh, Wilf, you were on talking about the, the burning rubbish tips at Paul Dewey in the 1960s. Yes, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. I got a note in from Ernie who said, I used to swim in that river, and uh, yes. surely that was really polluted. Was, was it polluted? No. No, because uh, <clears throat> farmers, the, the, the river only got normally polluted. You see, that was where we were swimming was alongside the tip, and anything that would leach out, if it ever did leach out, was gone past us. It was downside of us, if you like. Right. There was a place, there was a deep place, and we used to, on a big rock in the middle, we used to call it the diving rock. But any pollution in the river, you see, has to come from upriver. And in the old days, farmers used normal uh, manures and all the rest of it. There's none of this bags of stuff put on the thing then. Uh, they all they all had a, a pit for for making manure and all. They made their own manure. Right. But these days, of course, you don't know what goes in the river. So if if the if the the tip was there, Wolf, any um, any long tails knocking around? Thousands of them. Thousands of them. We used to we used to uh, go over there with a flashlight at night and a club or two, and and used to bash these things on the head, chase them all over the place. Because we used to get tuppence for a tail if you took it to the police station. Get away. That's true. Absolutely true. Tuppence a take, tail? Take a bunch of tails to the police station. You used to get tuppence each. Uh, you see, you didn't need computer games then, you see. You had a club and a police station. That's it. That's it. We all, all, things like that, you see. We used to go up the hills, on the beach. we go anywhere then, you see. Nobody bothered you. We didn't need any all this stuff. It's a different world, a totally different world. All right. All right. Well, we'll put that question to Dr. Allenson on Tuesday when he does the budget then. <laughs> right. Well, you've given time to think of an answer now then. All right. Thanks for calling, <laughs> Wilf. All right, okay. right. twenty one minutes past twelve. Uh, lots of reaction uh, to when um, uh, Wilf was talking about the the Poldewey tip uh, burning from the inside and uh, uh, being alive with long tails. Crikey. Jewin's on now. Hi, Jewin. 
Very good. How are you, how are you Andy? Uh, I'm just thinking about those long tails and bashing long tails on the head and getting tuppence a tail. Well, <laughs> you've got you've got to turn a, you've got to turn a shilling over, haven't you? In these days, you've got to turn a shilling over. Crikey! <laughs> just 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 a little thing on what Wolf was talking about there on um, the, the, a, a doctor involved with treasury and and the accountant in health, um, and and your point there about Alf um, Alf Cannon changing round roles, etc., to put a new fresh set of eyes in. Well, they're quite happy to have a tree hugger in charge of the green agenda. And that's her words. She said she was a green hugger, not me. Mm. A tree hugger, sorry. Um, so that one doesn't quite work out, does it? I just remember there was a great line by um, uh, Dominic Delaney years and years ago when he and Walter Gilby uh, were in charge. He said they had an old Etonian and a scaffolder in charge of the department. <laughs> Uh, going on to the um, sexual orientation bill, um, and this is going to be a, a, a quite a contentious thing, I think. Um, and if you look at what's happening in, um, I, I clicked onto quite a lot of reports in, in America, around all of America. And um, there's an awful lot of pushback from um, uh, parents at board meetings and parents' meetings. Um, quite very venomous pushback to what's happening over there with these bills coming in. Now, there's a difference between acceptance and promotion. And the LGBT community is, is a great thing and it has its place and, and everything. Um, so I don't want people jumping on me for that. Um, but the acceptance and promotion is two different things. Um, the acceptance of people how they want to be is fine. If people want to be as they are, then that's fine. But the promotion of it is a totally different thing altogether. And this is where this is kind of heading. Um, it's very confusing for, for youths. And I approached a long time ago, Claire Barber, about this on this program. Um, what her definition was and what she felt was acceptable as, as an age for promotion um, of, of sexual orientation. Um, and, and again, they're quite evasive with a direct answer, obviously politically, because they don't want to lose votes. But I, I see this turning from um, equality into equity. You know, it started off with equality, which is fine, and that's accepting. But now people seem to want equity in this, and that's the wanting um, justification for what's gone wrong in the past. And that goes down BLM and everything. It's, it's going from equality to equity, which is a totally different thing. But here's one I think, and this is this is a big one. This is this is where I see that this heading. And in, in 2019, Boris Johnson made a, a, a speech at a, at a forum. Um, defining that the, um, our biggest um, uh, threat in the future is AI and artificial intelligence. Very good speech in actual fact, considering it was Boris. Um, and um, where, where this is heading with AI, let me just put this one out there with what's happening, especially in the last two or three years with the breakdown of, of, of traditional stuff and, the, and traditional society. Um, they want to integrate people with robotics and they want to integrate people with AI and anyone who's watching this kind of stuff it can see that it is quite clearly happening. Well, people have to remember in the long shot that robotics has no religion. So the first thing they want to do is break down religion with people. Now, religion, again, is a, is a very, very top subject. Um, people for it and against it. But it, it's got its, its values are there with our life that we live at the moment. So they're trying to break down that. Robotics has got no sexuality. 
So to have people who are non-gender suits the bigger purpose. Although they're going to make it out that it's going to be suitable for, for the person, it's going to give you the freedom of life. That's not where this is heading. This is heading down the robotics line, I believe. Um, and um, it has no dietary beliefs in robotics or anything like that. So all our traditional stuff that we're seeing getting breaking down is for a bigger picture. And that's what I think. Um, I'm open to someone else who's going to call me crazy, but people were calling me crazy two years ago about things not so crazy anymore. Um, and, and it's quite clearly there that they want to integrate people with, with robotics. And this next industrial revo revolution that's coming through is going to be invasive to us, I think, whereas before it's been helpful to society. But now they want to invade um, the, uh, us as humans and, and our souls to take that over in, in so much as robotics. bit deep, but, you know, if, if you go down the, the, the little holes and, and chase this up, it all starts to come together a little bit. And again, I go back to what I'm saying about governments. If people don't like this sexual orientation bill, then they have to stand up and say so, because governments are put in place by us, by the people, to do what we want and the way that we want to live. I just wonder, Jewan, I mean, what, what, so it's, it's a fine line between education and promotion, making people aware yeah. of something, but then becoming an advocate for it. So well, where do you draw the line between education and promotion? And it's a very fine line. It's a very fine line. It, it, you know, I mean, all these lines that we're crossing at the moment with um, the green agendas and everything, it's a fine line. And, and, and again, there's a definition of, of where, this is, where this is wanting to go in so much as how this is being promoted, you know, and it's being promoted. Everyone who, who has their own agenda, whether it's green or whether it's, you know, sexuality or whatever, are, are fighting for their cause and they will fight for that cause. But where's that line? I mean, that, like you said there, Andy, where, where is that line um, of acceptance and promotion? And, and I think that we're getting very much to the stage of manipulative promotion. And you see this if, if you go in depth into a lot of animation, Disney and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of um, hidden agendas and hidden signage in a lot of this stuff that goes on these days, which is floating around in the background. Um, and people are getting very, very manipulated, I think, anyway. That's that's my opinion as a as a coming from a, a spiritual person, um, not a religious person. Okay, all right, Junior, appreciate that. Have a good weekend. And you, Andy. All right, 28 minutes past 12 on Manx Radio. I just wonder what your thoughts are regarding this. It, it's um, this new, uh, this new um, sexual awareness uh, uh, survey, a sexual awareness curriculum coming to the Isle of Man. It's a new curriculum called RSE. And um, it's teaching some fairly graphic sexual images and sexual... Um, Practices to uh, year sevens. I just wonder what you think whether a 12 year old is ready for that. The age of sexual consent on the Isle of Man is 16. Now, we go to various other places in the world, and it's lower than that. 14. The age is 14 in Italy, uh, as long as it's part of a consensual relationship. It's much lower in other parts of the world. So, how do we, how do we square this? 
uh, in answer to Wilf, uh, says Dave, it's perfectly simple. Alex Allenson is a serving doctor, so being health minister would lead to potential conflicts of interest. He can't be in charge of making decisions which would affect his medical role. If he had to make a decision between allocating funds to the NHS uh, and uh, DHSC, that will be in other ministries, then he would be open to allegations of feathering his own nest if allocated to the NHS, uh, says Dave in Onkham. But it's an interesting point as to whether uh, somebody who's got a particular skill set, as in Dr. Allenson, um, you know, a very well qualified uh, GP of many years, and Laurie Hooper, who's an accountant, and they're both uh, both from Ramsey, of course, and both doing the jobs of the other person. But anyway, good thought, and I would appreciate your your um, uh, take on that. I agree with Juan. Says seven seven five. Most people are blinkered. We should listen before it is too late. Certainly, artificial intelligence, something that's coming down the line, something that uh, particular. There's been a new piece of software come out recently, I don't know whether you saw it, that can mimic someone's voice, can take someone's voice. It's only a matter of time before they'll then be able to put speech patterns in and really anybody will be able to be portrayed as saying anything. And whether or not you take um, identify the speech pattern with a computer program and identify it as someone. So we're not in the future, it's possible you will not know who is saying what and you could get some fairly... Um, uh, well-known people saying things that you wouldn't even think they would see. That's artificial intelligence. It's coming and there's nothing that can stop it. Uh, COVID booster stopping February. Does this, this mean we're following the UK, stopping healthy under 50s from having a COVID jab? Are we going to get anything from Manx Care about them stopping the jab, says uh, that uh, message. Um, have you seen the airport, by the way? Uh, they're handing out vouchers this morning for flights, says Bill. Can I have a Manx gas voucher? I think there's not the random act of kindness day. Uh, caller called in said it was rabbits, not long tails, by the way. Uh, um, uh, it says that um, farmers said they were eating crops. Um, so was it, was it rabbits or long tails that the Paul Dewey um, uh, <laughs> uh, tip? Tuppence a tail brings you back, doesn't it? Uh, sir. Is it Juan or Julian? Sorry, it's Julian. Oh, hi, hi. Julian. Hi, Julian. Hello, how are you doing? All right? Well, fine, thanks. I'm just thinking of bashing long tails on there. That was all. <laughs> um, I have to agree with Dewan. Um, it is interesting that I think the curriculum that's being followed on the island is the Scottish one, which was formulated under Nicola Sturgeon. I think she's just uh, left under a certain cloud over a certain subject. So that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Where do you stand on this? I mean, where do you put the age of... It's always mooted that boys mature later than girls. So where would you put this? Where, at what age would you think sexual awareness should be, uh, should be promoted, really, to children? Well, probably at least 16, if not 18. I mean, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but, you know... Um, there are several cases around the world now where there's a, a girl, I've forgotten her name at the moment, and she went through all of this and she's changed her mind. And of course, she's had double mastectomy, the whole shebang, you know, the, the um, I think she started at 12 years old or something. And I think she's suing the, um, 
a hospital that actually just gave her, I think it was like two visits, and then decided to go down the route. So her life's um, a bit messed up after all that. So I think um, it's a bit like not sort of uh, promoting smoking to young people, isn't it? And in one way, let them decide later. OK. Um, uh, what else is on your mind, Julian? Well, yeah, I listened with interest uh, to uh, Christian Jones's pod- podcast yesterday, um, who had uh, Tim Johnston on, um, saying it's necessary to remove ourselves from the volatile market in gas and fossil fuels. Uh, I think he also said it's necessary to achieve our net zero targets due to geopolitical reasons, which sounds to me like it's, I think, um, well, Callister said it's not a price, it's a pricing crisis, not a supply crisis. Um, Tim also mentioned 10 megawatts of solar PV panels on rooftops and car parks. Well, the cost of a properly set up 10 megawatt solar farm is about 15 million, and that's in a nice tidy field where all the labor is there, done and dusted, and they usually track the sun to make sure that you get the most of it. But if you're putting solar panels up on random buildings and car parks, I would suggest that's going to be a lot more expensive. You've got the installation cabling. It's going to be far less straightforward, extra labor costs because you're having to bring people to site all the time. You've got the servicing at multiple locations, which is going to require vehicles to get people all over the place to do it. And I would imagine they're not going to be motorized to follow the sun if they're on you know, roofs of buildings. Um, and also, as a rule of thumb, solar PV panels over a year give you about 10% of what the selling point is. So if you're looking at 10 megawatts over the year with, you know, the diurnal day and night thing and all the rest of it, you're looking at about one megawatt in, in, as a rule of thumb across our kind of latitude at 54 roughly degrees north. Um, he also mentioned 20 megawatts of wind power, but you only get about one seventh in the year. So if they're talking about 20 megawatts with these large ones, well, whatever size they do, the smaller they are, the more you need. But it's normally about two and three quarter megawatts for a 20 megawatt farm. So you're getting, you're paying for 20 in the advert, but you actually get about two and three quarter equivalent of what the generation would be over a year. And he also said he was aware and sensitive to the landscape of the Isle of Man. But I wonder what the public access will be. You know, whether they put it up near Glen Russian Plantation or it's going to be Windy Corner or Jerby or wherever it's going to be. Um, you know, we're kind of used to using our footpaths for cycling and walking and running and stuff. It just makes me wonder if that's going to be an issue. Um, I seem to remember he said that storage is not doable, so they're going to be balancing. So when the sun's shining or the wind's blowing, we'll be probably exporting through cables, which is what Denmark has done. But they're currently paying 47 pence a unit, whereas we're paying around 22 at the moment. So they're more than double the price of their electricity that they're paying. Um mm. Andrew Langham-Newton, he thinks it's irrational to question the green energy, I think was his, the word that he used, which means you're going to have to um, be irrational if you question the intermittent nature of green energy, concrete and steel required, um, oil-based cabling and gearbox oils, mining of rare earth elements in huge amounts, which will need to be 50 times more and probably will never support everything that we need. But, I mean, well, Andrew um, Lang and Newton's at least, he's up front, he's honest, he's the leader of the Green Party, so he's going to say that, isn't he? Well, destruction of land and sea habitats, and then you've got the concomitant death to land and marine animals like birds, bats, 
whales. There's a load of whales that are washing up at New Jersey at the moment, and nobody understands why, but there's a new wind farm just been put in there. And they've had, they, I think they've had one or two ever, and there's like eight in the last few weeks. So there's something odd going on there. Um, and I think Archie Elliott said, we can't rely on subsea cables, but it's possible to install in theory, 4,000 sea turbines on the Morecambe and Morgan uh, farms without disrupting our already wonderful natural environment. But well, I'm pretty sure 4,000 wind turbines are going to need plenty of cabling for that. Yeah, so and all, but also, we're due, we're due for a second uh, cable as well because the interconnector's uh, 20-odd years old. So we're due for another one to be put in. And I don't know whether that's even gone through Timble yet, but it, one is due to happen um, to, go to, to go to Lancashire again. But don't forget, the current cost of that subsea cable, according to the Arup report, is roughly 80 million more than a new gas generator like Pulrose, if you were to have one put in, which gives us 24-7 reliability. So it's massively more expensive to put those subsea cables in. Okay, All right, lots to think about, Julian. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too, Andy. Cheers. All right, take care. And Victoria's with us now. Hi, Victoria. Hello. I just wanted to know if we could have Claire Barber back on the programme because I'd like to ask some questions about food and farming. OK, well, uh, Claire Barber's on the list. Uh, Claire, there's an invitation out with Claire Barber. I was uh, corresponding with her office only earlier on this week and Claire Barber will hopefully be on uh, throughout uh, next month. We've got lots and lots of guests coming on. Most of the ministers are going to be on uh, next month. So we'll get... But, I mean, could you, can you give us a sneak preview? you about what sort of questions you'd be asking Victoria? Um, well, it's just general questions about where farming is at the moment, how things are going. Are you in the industry? No, okay. I just eat food. Okay. <laughs> I just wonder what you think. I mean, uh, mention was made yesterday about our food security and making sure that our farmers, uh, and we haven't heard much from farmers because they're a fairly stoic lot, but I mean, you know, the cost of fertiliser has rocketed and being a farmer was never, um, uh, you know, a, a stable financial model. They normally have to make money elsewhere. Do you think we're, being, we're doing right by the agricultural community? Well, the thing is, Um, We had good food many years ago, but pressure was put on farmers to uh, overproduce, really. All the intensive farming wasn't the choice of farmers. And that's what's caused a lot of problems. You know, they're made to do things that goes against, you know, practices which are better for producing real food, good healthy food, seasonal food, and it's better for the environment. And... You know, then they're sort of crucified for it, but they were put under pressure to, in, you know, a lot of them to intensively farm. Well, I wonder if we'll hear anything from... Well, the new Enterprise Minister, of course, was formerly boss of the NFU on the Isle of Man, Tim Johnston. Yeah. So yeah. I just wonder whether we'll ever hear much about that from Tim Johnston. Victoria, it's on the list and she will be with us uh, shortly, OK? All right, thank you very much. Appreciate that, thank you. How do you experience the exceptional? Find out at the Shaw Hotel Laxey. A high-end boutique hotel, a fine dining restaurant, a bar serving real pub classics. It's an experience like nothing else on the island. See for yourself and keep up to date with the latest events at shorehotellaxi.im. Now with online booking or call 861-509. Come and discover the exceptional at the Shore Hotel Laxi. Mom, Dad, the 
there's no hot water again. Having trouble with hot water and heating? Energy prices are rocketing, and there's never been a more important time to make sure your heating system is in tip-top condition. Home Warm by Energy Management Systems is the simple way to spread the cost for essential maintenance, starting from just $7.99 per month. For peace of mind and money-saving advice, call EMS on 613210 or find us on Facebook. Home Warm by EMS. Become our priority. People of the Isle of Man, are you thinking of buying or selling a home? Well, wait! You need to talk to the conveyancing team at LVW Law. LVW Law! They've over 20 years of experience and know what they're talking about. They're friendly and efficient. Do not buy or sell a property without calling LVW Law on 836757 for a no-obligation quote. LVW Law. Discover a fabulous range of watches, gifts and jewellery at Ramsey Art Gallery with top brand watches from Belova, Citizen Eco Drive and Storm to Acuras, Seconda and Timex. Plus, all watch purchases come with free lifetime watch bracelet adjustment service. There's stunning gold and silver jewellery, gifts for all occasions and of course a fabulous gallery of limited edition prints and original artworks. Find all this and more at Ramsey Art Gallery Jewellers and Engravers opposite Ramsey RNLI Shop. Legislative Council special on Perspective this week with Dawn Kinnish presenting her case to become one of our representatives in LegCo. And in a programme of two halves, we also have young pretender Connor Keenan, who's trying for a second time to win a LegCo place. That's Perspective this Sunday at 12 noon with me, Phil Gorn, on Manx Radio. Two more candidates adding to the four we've already heard from in recent weeks. And the only thing they agree on is that nobody knows what the House of Keys wants for the second chamber. Confused? Me too. The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio. Festamai, good afternoon. 17 minutes before one. Bonzo's on. Hi, Bonzo. Hello there. Yes, listening to the uh, Duan and Julian Disinformation Bureau. Um, where do I begin? All right, well, we'll start with um, Manx Utilities. I don't know government's announcements, but Manx Utilities and Renewables. Yes, um, in my opinion, timid and tokenist. Um, really just looking as if they care about the subject. Um, the 20 megawatts wind and 10 megawatts of solar, those were proposed in the um, AEA report of 2010. And indeed, 20 megawatts of, of, of wind, uh, even earlier than that was to be considered. I think that, that because I think it was 10 megawatts of wind as draft was the thing that they had funding for in their budget in 2005. But then, of course, with the MEA loan, the money evaporated to that and uh, it got salted away for other purposes. So the idea of trailing it is somehow as, you know, the, the path to a bright new Jerusalem and I think it's a, a bit misleading. Um, and also, this gives the impression not merely of, oh, well, this is a start. No, this gives the impression, actually, of this is what we are going to permit. This is the uh, politically possible, as far as we're concerned, amount that can happen onshore. Um, and that appeases the tree huggers. You know, the green goddess is... Uh, is um, as um, so disparagingly, and uh, I must confess in a rather sexist way, um, you know, portrays her. 
Um, and that is to keep, essentially, from what I can see, the road open for Crogger. So I think there's, a, I think there are a lot of questions uh, to be asked of that policy. I can only hope that some work is being done on um, getting that offshore uh, wind farm sorted, because um, I, I believe that Allstead have now got an actual office with actual people doing actual things on the Isle of Man rather than a brass plate. So why do you, um, why do you think government is, uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing you, but why are they hedging their bets? Politics. Because you know, of the electoral cycle. They know that these things will happen. Um, or it, under the scheme, they'll be starting to appear and be built around 2005, 2006. What's happening in 2005, 2006? An election campaign. 2025, you mean, sorry. 25, yes, 25, yeah. 26, yes. Um, so that, I think, is a, is a question to ask. But as I say, I hope that um, we are doing something about uh, the offshore possibilities so that we can get that money coming in right now because that's what would happen if Allstead then signed again on the dotted line for you know, a full development 10-year agreement for lease where you'd be looking for something like £100 million a year and we'd be getting that £100 million a year from the time they actually signed on the dotted line not like Kroger where oh, it might happen and it might happen in 2027 or 28 and it might be this much but no, no that's assured money that was hand and that would also be within our control because of course uh, extraction of hydrocarbons and stuff that comes within FERSA so that the UK government have a say in that UK government on seabed leasing well we own the seabed mate no they can't do a damn thing about that now on to the next point which is uh, Juan's uh, thing about this uh, PHSE uh, sex education module. Um, this sounds like the old 28 battles again that, that happened in the UK, uh, using the same vocabulary of, oh, this is disgraceful, this is promoting certain lifestyles. Um, next, Section 28 was an absolute disaster. And the idea that somehow that, uh, that we should return to those kind of prejudiced, bigoted days. Well, th there is, uh, sadly, uh, it would seem a, a minority still on the island who you know, scratch the surface. And you know, they still have views that equate to those of uh, the infamous Duggans portrayed on the um, Ian uh, McKellen film upon whom the, uh, the fast show couple were based. Um, and this idea that it promotes these, well, these lifestyles aren't pr promoted anyway. Um, well, much, it's not a question of lifestyle, be, um, having certain, uh, you know, either being gay or being trans or such. It's not a lifestyle choice. It's, it's how people are. And that's the first thing I think to get across. And the second thing is that they shouldn't, um, young people should learn about this in uh, uh, an understanding and controlled environment, like the school environment, rather than, as they do now, learn it, you know, they still do learn it at 10 or 11 from their smartphone, on Instagram or whatever, from the likes of Andrew Tate and other you know, grossly sort of sexist people. 
Okay, all right, we appreciate that. Uh, we're running short of time, Bonzo, so um, we'll leave it there. Thanks for calling. Have a good weekend, and we'll chat again okay, soon. Okay, thank you. Right, thank you. It's 11 minutes to one. This is an urgent appeal from the Disasters Emergency Committee. Devastating earthquakes have hit Turkey and Syria, killing thousands and injuring many more as buildings collapsed. People urgently need help. To donate online, search DEC. Thank you. Are you concerned about your eye health? Holmes and Davidson Opticians in Douglas are proud to offer the Idon Ultra Wide Field Retinal Imaging and Heidelberg 4D OCT systems, state of the art machines that allow early detection and management of eye diseases. Don't wait. Book your appointment today and ensure the health of your eyes with the best technology available. Call 676-230 or visit homesanddavidsonopticians.co.uk now. Do you run a business? Think Nicola Bowker & Co. Need an accountant? Think Nicola Bowker & Co. Do you want accounts you can trust? Think Nicola Bowker & Co. All businesses, whatever your size, call today for a free initial chat. She's been called terrifyingly funny, joyously nuts, a truly gifted stand-up. And now Joanne McNally brings the Prosecco Express Tour to the Gaiety Theatre. I can't keep secrets. My friend's an Alcoholics Anonymous. She told me, I said, why did you do that? Now you're just in Alcoholics. I'm going to tell everyone. I'm going to tell everyone. everyone Joanne McNally, February the 25th. Tickets available now at villagaiety.com or on 600 Channel 5. Presented by Off The Curb and supported by your nation station, Manx Radio. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man In Line. 10 to 1, Ian's on now. Hi, Ian. Hi there, Andy. Um, just like to make some comments about what Duan said. Uh, Duan yesterday said that uh, air, if uh, there was a big switch over to air source heat pumps, we would need massively more infrastructure because of all the electricity they couple up. I happen, to, I happen to have an air source heat pump which heats the entire house, heats the domestic hot water. It never takes more than 1.2 kilowatts an hour when it's actually running. That's the first point. I also have solar panels. He seems, he, he talks about, he used the word influence this morning. I think he's a would-be influencer against so, solar pa- power altogether. It so happens tomorrow is the second anniversary of putting solar panels on the roof of this property. It's not ideal because only four points south, three point east and seven point west. But I've just got in front of me the lifetime consumption figures, one day short of two years. And in that time, the net consumption from the grid is 1.09 megawatts. The net production from the solar panels is 7.77 megawatts. Now, clearly, the solar panels are doing an excellent job for me. In the year to year, 31st of December 21 to 22, our total electricity bill, including standing charges, was £183. Have you done any calculations, Ian, as to when you'll get a return on investment? Right. Let me say the first the first point now. I'm 75. I don't personally expect possibly to live long enough to get a return on my investments. Uh, the house will pass to my uh, children in time, my, my my wife's children, and at that time, if it if 
They, the panels have not paid for themselves. The infrastructure associated with going uh, over to uh, as much self-sufficiency as possible in terms of heating and lighting w- will be recovered partially, at least by selling the property, if that's their wish. So that wasn't for me, uh, fortunately, a, a relevant question. Um, in practice, given the rate at which electricity has gone up on the island since I did it, I pro- they will probably pay for themselves we've had them two years in another six or seven years depends how much they slam on the price of electricity this time round. How, how long did it take you to come to the conclusion that you were going to do um the the heat pump and the solar panels um i've i've wanted for a long time to do solar panels um I actually first investigated it for a property in Spain, but at that time, the Spanish government, under the influence of the major utility companies, actually made it uneconomic to have solar panels in Spain. Interestingly, they've now gone completely the other way around and are giving generous subsidies to install them. I will be looking at installing solar panels in Spain very shortly. However, I wondered how efficient they would be on the Isle of Man, and I looked. I, I did research on what would be the, the the potential on the Isle of Man, and when I looked at it, when I got it verified by other people, uh, it matched up to what the would-be installers on the Isle of Man were claiming. And certainly my experience of that is I'm not disappointed at all. Okay, All right. I appreciate that. Great facts and figures, Ian. Thanks for calling today. Okay. take care. Good to hear from you. Uh, Betty's on now. Hi, Betty. Hi. Further to our call yesterday, I just thought I'd say that I did what that guy suggested and got through to emergency and I've had my gas delivered today. Oh, Betty, you are a naughty girl. But apparently I'm not the only one. Lots of people are doing it now. Oh, please don't say I encourage you. I'll get letters. (laughs) Thanks for calling, Betty. Stay warm. Have a good weekend. Thank you. All right. Uh, Nick's with us uh, now. Hi, Nick. Good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Hiya. Can you hear me? Hello, yeah, you're live. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, live. All right, yeah, great. I don't know if there's not much time. I just wanted to say that I, uh, I would love to see speed cameras installed around the island. Um, I think it's completely unnecessary that people speed, they speed them for that for a reason, as everybody knows. Um, I've lived in another country where there's speed cameras everywhere, and people get used to know, to where they are, so they slow down automatically. That, however, the speed cameras in some countries, they don't always have film, so people don't know. And so it's anybody's guess when they're actually activated. I think that's what we need, because okay. there isn't enough of the, there's enough salary around. And go, what do you think about A&E and times, Nick? Well, I think that the A&E times, the four-hour waiting is is about average, I think, for uh, most hospitals. However, I've been to A&E probably three or four times, and I've never waited more than an hour because I don't go to A&E for a minor injury. 
I go to A&E because I really hurt myself. Now, people, there is a sliding scale on there. If you're not, if you're missing a digit, you'll be seen straight away. If you've got a tummy ache, it's going to take six hours before anybody sees you because I've seen other people who are really, really in need. Okay, all right, Nick, thanks for calling today. Thanks for those points. Speed cameras on the Isle of Man. How do you feel about them? Do you think we should have them any particular place in the countryside, in the built-up areas? That's it for this week. Thanks to Paul Moran on the phones today, and thanks uh, for all your correspondence. We don't get to everything on air, but everything that you send is read, and we do take notice of everything you say. Good. Have a good weekend. And if you want to get in touch out of ours, maninline at manxradio.com is the email address, 682-631 for the answer first. Enjoy your weekend. Back on Monday. W-I-N-T. <laughs>